0: hey hello everybody so good to see all of you and a very special welcome to all of you who are watching online Uh, shout out to those in bandera to those in ohio and new jersey and pennsylvania by the way please if you're watching online let us know from where you're watching we've had a lot of trouble with our internet service provider we have a temporary fix until we get a fiber optic line and that's going to be installed but but let us know from where you're watching. We'd love to hear from you. I told almost all of you that I was a I am a volunteer in the vaccine testing program and uh, my test came back and now I am immune. I'm the only person in the church that doesn't have to wear a mask, thanks to God. And yes, it's gonna work. You're, you're all gonna get the vaccine. And so at least for now, you can't give it to me and I can't give it to you. And, and I think that's really, really great news. Today, we're starting a a new series called Winning Over Anxiety and Depression. And honestly, we could could use a few wins, right, over anxiety and depression. These have been some of the most stressful times in our lives. I want to get just a little show of hands. How many of you in this pandemic, you have felt the effects in your job? I have. How many of the rest of you have? Awesome. Awesome. Everybody just look around for a minute. You're not alone. I mean, we we are struggling through this. And back down. Second test. A second question, rather. How many of you have felt the effects of the pandemic in your family? Could I see your hands? And that's many of us. Uh, Four of our family members have had the pandemic. Thanks to God, they've all recovered. But we've all felt it. And by the way, if you haven't felt a little worry during this pandemic, you should take your pulse and see if you're alive. I mean, these have certainly been incredibly stressful times. Maybe you've gotten into this habit like I have. If you find yourself, you're feeling a little bit poorly. I don't know if you do this, but I do. You start checking your forehead. Oh, do I have a fever? Do I have a fever? Anybody else do that? Can I see your hands? Yes, I see those hands. We're all together. Let's talk about how can we win over worry and how can we win over depression? This week, we're going to focus on Worry. I strongly encourage you to get our notes. We started printing them again. Uh, doctors have told us that the, spreading the virus by contact isn't as common as we once thought. So we've learned we can do this safely. If you don't have your notes, you're really going to need them. This will help you answer a friend, a neighbor who says, "You know, I'm really struggling with worry. What can I do? I want you to be able to show them from the Bible this is what you can do to deal with worry. Let's define worry. Worry. Uh, is another word for anxiety and worries. Same thing is I am f- fearful about the future. This is something that hasn't happened, but I, I fear it, it might happen. You know, Capital One Bank came out with a, a great little slogan, what's in your wallet? Great slogan. And I'm not going to ask what's in your wallet. I am going to ask what's in your thoughts today. What is it that's troubling you today? You, you could be worried about your kids understand that you could be worried about things that work certainly see that you you could be worried about uh, money or a relationship that's right on the edge of breaking and it's got you worried it's got you concerned the bible freely acknowledges our struggle with worry the bible says anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down you and i do not have to do anything to learn to worry worry comes naturally But peace, we have to learn peace. We have to learn how to be content. This is what the Bible says. I want you to underline these first three words. If you have your notes, I have learned. That is a conscious process. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I have learned. I have learned how to get some wins Over anxiety. Now I'm going to give you six simple little questions that doctors have given us. It's a self test. Where are you in the battle with anxiety? Question number one Are you tense, worried, or on edge? Question number two Does your anxiety interfere with your responsibilities at work, school, or family? Question number three are you plagued by fears that you know are irrational, but you just can't shake them? For instance, if, if you get up four times to see if the doors are really locked, that's a little irrational. Four, do you avoid everyday situations or activities because they cause you anxiety? Question number five, do you feel like danger and catastrophe are just around every corner? Question number six, and and this is severe, do you experience sudden unexpected attacks of heart pounding panic? It's called a panic attack. Where where are you in your struggle with dealing with worry and anxiety? I want to give you two steps today to help you get some wins over anxiety, just two. And step number one is ask God to reveal and heal your fears. For God to heal your fear, He has to reveal your fear. There are times when you are feeling anxious. You notice your palms are sweaty and your heart is pounding. And you really don't know why. This is why, watch this verse of Scripture. So honest, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. For God to heal the fear, He has to reveal the fear. When anxiety becomes severe, it can cause panic attacks. One of my dear friends explained, rather described his experience. He said this, I had severe chest pain and difficulty breathing. I thought I was dying. My wife rushed me to the emergency room. I knew something was seriously wrong. The doctors ordered several tests including a CAT scan. So we waited until the early morning hours for the doctor's report. After an EKG and other tests, the heart specialist said I was okay and that my symptoms were caused by stress. For God to heal your fears, he's got to reveal your fears. Listen how the songwriter, he is is crying out to God, how long? How long must I worry and feel sad in my heart all day? How long will my enemy win over me? Lord, look at me. Answer me, God. Tell me or I will die. That is the honest cry of someone dealing with anxiety. God, help me. Show me what's wrong. Does God answer that prayer? Yes. The songwriter then says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me freeing me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. So let's talk about how you can cooperate with the Lord in revealing your fears. First of all, as a practical step, look at your past. If your parents were prone to anxiety, you are very likely going to be prone to anxiety. If your parents split up when you were a child, you're likely going to fear that your spouse will walk out on you. What can you do? You can put this verse on your mirror. You can cut it out, put it on your mirror. The Bible says, the Lord himself will go before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forget you. Don't be afraid and don't worry. How can you get to a place where you're not worried? By knowing and embracing God is with me God will never leave me. Secondly, to cooperate with the Lord in in revealing your fears, if you have persistent anxiety, you need to talk to your doctor. I want to share a very personal part of my life and Connie's life, of course, with with permission. We're going to share it with you, and maybe it will be helpful to you. After Connie had three children, in only four years and had the fourth child when she was 40, she found herself unable to sleep. Now, you know, moms, when you have your first baby, you don't sleep because you're checking on the baby. Remember when you have two, what it's like now? I've got two, and then you have three. Well, she went so long where she wasn't physically able to sleep, then she became emotionally unable to sleep. And she could not go to sleep until two or three in the morning. This went on for two years. I thought, she's going to die. I'm I'm going to lose my wife. And so I I took her, we went together to every doctor imaginable from here to Monterrey, Mexico, on both sides of the border. We, We were desperate. You know, honestly, I don't know about you, but if I miss two nights of sleep, I'm useless. I'm just totally useless. She went two years. Now, often the doctor would rather glibly say, Oh, well, you know, no one has ever died of insomnia. I thought, she may be the first. She's tough, but she, this, this, this may kill her. Well, we read that exercise and, and being outside we're, were good to relax you. So I, I got her a membership in a swimming pool. And I would literally walk alongside the side of the pool. Come on, honey, I'm coaching. Come on, honey, come on. I'm trying to wear her out. And then we would go on long walks. Come on, baby, you can do it. You can do it. Just so she could sleep. But she could not sleep. I. Together, we prayed. We prayed and fasted. We called for the leaders of the church to come and pray over her. Nothing worked. Until finally, in desperation, I took her to a psychiatrist. And she described all that she had been through. And I remember the very kind psychiatrist, the doctor, saying this. She said, I I believe that your body is depleted of the chemicals it needs in order to rest, in order to sleep, and I want to prescribe antidepressants, and I want you to take them. So I thought, okay, nothing else has worked. So she took them, and thanks to God, within one week, she began to sleep peacefully, and her soul began to recover. And, And after she physically recovered, she wrote these words that she wants to share with you. She said this, While medication can heal the symptoms, I've got to deal with the cause. I cannot let fear, even the fear of not sleeping, control my life. So, what are our words to you? Our words to you are if you have a physical cause of anxiety, you need a physician, a doctor. You can beat yourself up and say, well, I should be more spiritual, or I should should pray more. You can do all of that. But if you have a physical cause, you are not going to get better until you see a physician, a doctor. Did you know that the Apostle Paul, who wrote 13 of our 27 New Testament books, did you know he traveled with a doctor, Dr. Luke? Do you know the Apostle Paul told his young friend Timothy, Timothy, you need to take your medicine. Honestly, Christians are some of the worst at taking their medicine. They they feel like they're not a Christian if they they need to take medicine. No, God has given us physicians, and I thank God for them. Like you, my dear friend, I, I thank God for those of you in the medical profession. If you have a physical cause, you need to see a physician. Now, I've given you a question I want you to answer in your notes. And that question is, what is troubling me today? I want you to take a moment and fill it in. And if you want, you can write in code. What is troubling me today? For God to heal your fear, you've got to reveal your fear. What is troubling me today? Let me tell you a third practical step to cooperate with the Lord There are times you need to ask God's people to reveal where you're struggling. You can't see it, but someone else can see it. You can't see the fear that's controlling you. Some time ago, I I spoke with a man who was struggling with a profound fear that he was going to be fired. He was going to be fired for a bad decision he had made at work. And we were speaking in confidence, and I said, well, look, let me just ask you, you, have you told your boss what you did? He said, oh yeah, I did, I did. And I said, what'd he say? And he said, well, he told me that he forgave me and that this was over and I, I didn't have anything to worry about at my job. And I said, oh, why don't you take him at his word? What you're believing isn't true. You are believing a lie. Did you realize the vast majority of anxiety with which we struggle, we are believing something that is not true. And I, I said to my friend, you need to have a never again moment. You need to decide today, I am never again going to entertain that thought. That thought is not true. And God began to give him victory and began to give him peace. I strongly encourage you, develop a relationship with two or three people that you can call at any time of the day or night and say, this is what I'm struggling with. It will heal your soul. I suggest number four, replace those worry-filled thoughts with peace-giving thoughts. Because the truth is, everybody listen, you are either going to be controlled by your thoughts or you will control your thoughts. It's one or the other. Watch what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4. The Bible says, fix your thoughts. That means it's a conscious choice. You've got to choose. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and honorable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise, then what will happen? Then the God of peace will be with you. What's the obvious implication here? If you are not fixing your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right, you are not going to have peace. Make the choice to say today, I'm gonna fix my thoughts on things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Number five, practical step here to winning over worry is put some balance in your schedule put some balance. What do I mean? I mean, the more hurried you get, the more worried you get. Have you ever noticed when you're always cutting it right to the edge, your sweaty palm, your heart is pounding? You need to put some balance in your schedule. There are two things that you ought to put in your schedule. First of all, you should put time with God. When you put time with God, it relaxes you all of well so many of you know the 23rd psalm it's the most familiar chapter in the entire bible It begins with the lord is my shepherd remember those words and if you drop down to verse three you'll read these words he restores my soul now here's a simple question i want all of you to answer it out loud who is it that restores your soul God restores your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. As you're with Him, He restores your soul. Doctors tell us our most creative moments come when we are the most relaxed. When you put time with God in your schedule, you are the winner. Restore some balance by putting back some time with God. As you spend some time with Him, God replaces your fears with faith. You know, as you read this book, there are over 6,000 years of examples of men and women who have trusted the Lord. And you want to put those into your heart because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You can replace your fears with faith. For instance, you read in the book of Exodus, the second book of the Bible, where God fed 4 million people every single day. He literally caused bread to fall from heaven and as you read that you think well uh hey god took care of them god will take care of me spend some time with god to restore a sense of balance secondly you ought to put some time for exercise inside your schedule exercise relaxes you it causes your brain to release those endorphins those natural pain-killing chemicals and you you're probably thinking right now well i don't have time or money to do that many women. Connie and I are in our late 60s. We walk at least one to two miles every single day. If we can do it, you can do it. When you get outside, as Pastor Bo read a moment ago from Matthew chapter 6, it relaxes you. It is nature's way. It is God's way of bringing peace back into your own heart. So you're going to ask God to heal and reveal your fears. I'm giving you the exact same question again. What is troubling me today? What I found is that when we answered it the first time, you may not have known. But I found a significant number of you now you know God has spoken to you. I know what's troubling me. Write it down. The simple practice of writing it down and saying, "God, I'm hearing you. I know what's troubling me today." What's the second great step? You're asking God to both reveal and heal your fears. Here's the second step decide to follow God's plan. God's plan for peace from this day forward. Proverbs chapter 1, here's this great promise. Whoever listens to me will live without worry. You're going to listen for God's plan and will be free from the dread of disaster. How do you flesh this out? You start by saying, Father, today I want to follow your plan for today. I want to follow your plan. Psalm 118 verse 24 says this, this is the day, you know this, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You're going to make the choice to rejoice. I want to say lovingly, some of you are in the habit of being miserable. You need to get out of that habit. You need to practice smiling. This is the, smile at me. Everybody smile. Okay, I know you're wearing a mask. Ask me, let me see your smile. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's good. You need to practice smiling. Why? Because it does your heart good. It does your soul good. The Bible says a happy heart is like a good medicine. It heals your soul. When you smile and you start to laugh, you lower your blood pressure. Your pulse drops. You actually improve your immune system. Now, when is the last time you laughed so hard that you almost wet your pants? Or maybe you did. (laughs) That's too long. Some of you are in the habit of being miserable. That is not God's plan for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I suggest to you that you start every day. I I, I do this myself. Lord, help me enjoy today. Just say it out loud. Lord, help me enjoy today. Lord, help me enjoy today. I I put this little six-word prayer. I'm going to give you two or three words to uh, prayers today. Here it is. Lord, say it with me. Lord, help me enjoy today. Did you realize if you are not enjoying today, something is wrong. Lord, help me enjoy today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Secondly, you want to follow God's plan for decision-making. Every day you make between 15 and 20,000 decisions a day. Most of those are are subconscious, but you're still making them. I, I, I hope this doesn't trouble you, but the vast majority of the decisions you're going to make today are not described in the Bible. I make it my habit to read through the Bible every year. It's just not there. For instance, if you're trying to decide, today at lunch, am I going to go to Whataburger or Stripes? Well, let's see. Waterburger or Stripes? It's not there. But there is this guidance. The Bible says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. So as you start thinking about Whataburger or Stripes, you think about one, you get anxious. That's not it. Think about the other, you feel peace. Go with that decision. That is God's way of helping you have peace in an everyday way. Thirdly, put some peace in your budget. Follow God's plan for your budget. Nothing will make you more worried than buying on credit. Have you heard this simple line? Only 48 easy payments. (laughs) That is a total lie. There has never been an easy payment, right? They're all hard. When you buy something in credit, when you've got 48 payments, you know what that means? That means you're going to worry 48 times in the next four years to make every single payment. My advice is, the best as you can, live with peace. Learn to pray for it before you pay for it, to say, God, I want to live with peace. There's one thing that you should take out of your budget. That's just borrowing on on credit to say, God, I I want to take that out of my life. By the way, many of you are already making your plans toward Christmas. Strongly encourage you pay with cash. Even if you have to buy much, much less, when January and February come around, you're going to want to come and hug my neck, maybe come over to my house, mow my lawn, wash my car. You're going to be so glad that you didn't borrow money two things that you ought to put into your budget. One thing is to take out buying on credit. Two things to put in. is Number one, be sure that you are giving your tithe and offerings to the Lord. Connie and I have been married uh, 48 years. Uh, The best decision we ever made financially was we're going to return the tithe and the offering to the Lord. When you do that, God says, I will take care of you. I will provide for you. You will do better on 90% than on 100%. And, you'll always have a little more peace. The Bible says in everything that you do, put the Lord first, put God first, and He will direct you and crown your efforts with success. The second thing that you should put into your budget is an emergency fund. Wouldn't you feel much better if you had $1,000 in the bank? Wouldn't you feel much better? Well, of course you would. Dave Ramsey, that financial expert says, putting $1,000 in the bank is your first baby step to financial freedom. I know that it seems hard. You think, how in the world could I do that? Well, you start by putting $10 in the bank, and then it's $100, then it's $200, then it's $500, then it's $1,000. When you have a $1,000 emergency fund, you've taken your first baby step to eliminating worry and having more peace into your life. Fourth step is this. Follow God's plan for a crisis, because a crisis is going to come crowding into your life. unwanted, undeserved. It's going to come barging into your life. Job said this, as surely as sparks fly upward, so man is born for trouble. A crisis is going to invade your life. Get ready for it now. When a crisis comes into your life, the first thing that you should do is acknowledge God's presence. Lord, you're right here with me. Lord, you're right here with me today. I did that this week little crisis came into my life. I said, Lord, you are right here with me. Here's another one of those prayers. Father, thank you for being here with me. Could you say that with me out loud? Father, thank you for being here with me. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. When a crisis comes into your life, storming into your life, the second step, and this is so difficult, Thank God for it. I know that's a difficult step. I remember clearly the gray, overcast day, wintry day in Chicago as hot tears were streaming down my, my cheeks when I could finally choke out the words, "Father, thank you for taking my mother and my sister and my close friend in a car wreck." Father, thank you. I know it's hard. But when I did, my soul began to heal. The sense of worry and anxiety began to leave. The Bible says, in everything, everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Remember, when you have a crisis, a day needs to come where you're able to say, Father, you will use this for good. Thank you for allowing it into my life. Bible says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. You want to turn your cares into prayers. Turn all your anxiety over to God because he cares for you. Remember this, prayer relieves your stress. Worry relives your stress over and over and over. This morning I sat down, I watched the sun coming up, It's was so beautiful, to be able to tell him all of my cares. The Bible says, cast all of your cares on the Lord, because he cares for you. When a crisis comes into your life, be sure that you contact God's people. A crisis is going to come into your life, and when it does, you have two choices. Choice number one is you can conceal it. You can conceal your crisis. You can paint on a little wonderful Christian smile that says, Oh, bless God, everything's wonderful. And you are dying on the inside. That isn't pleasing to God, and it doesn't help you. You have two choices. You can either conceal it or you can reveal it. If you reveal it to those two or three people that you know and trust, you will be helped. But if you conceal it, you are going to be hurt. I have discovered for God to heal your heart, not only does He need to reveal it, you need to reveal it. You need to reveal to someone you trust, this is the crisis I'm going through. One of the greatest things that you can do today, and I'm going to help you do it right now, get rid of life's greatest fear, and that is the fear of death. You can get rid of it today once and for all. I know that if I get killed today out on Central Boulevard, and you're reading tomorrow's paper, oh, Pastor Kitty, he died. Don't believe it. I'll be more alive than ever. I know I have a home in heaven. I don't worry about it. And it's not because I deserve it. I don't. I deserve to go to hell. Oh, by the way, so do you. Don't look so pious. <laughs> we all do. But one day, like a beggar accepting a gift from a king, I accepted God's forgiveness. This is what the scripture says. Listen to Jesus' calming words. Stop letting your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, listen, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. That's peace. I don't earn it. I don't deserve it. I simply accept it. The Bible says this. It gives us this promise. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, here's a simple question I want you to answer out loud. The word whoever, does that mean me? Oh, thank you. Yes, I got one person that said yes. I'm with you. All right, let let me turn the question over. Does the word whoever, does that mean you? Yes, it does. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We don't have to earn it or deserve it. You say, God, I accept it today. I'm receiving your forgiveness for my sins. I'm receiving Jesus into my life today. And from that day forward, you don't have to worry about death. God will never take that gift of eternal life back from you. I'm going to put a little, little prayer up on the screen. I told you I was going to give you three prayers today. Here's the third one. Now, as I put this prayer up on the screen, I want you to pray it with me. You don't have to pray it out loud. You can pray it silently, right there where you're seated. But God will hear your prayer. On November the 15th, you can win over the fear of death. It says this, Lord, you say it with me in your heart. Lord, help me to let you heal my fears today. Don't you want that? Lord, help me. And I invite you to clean out my fear closet whatever it is, you're saying, Lord Jesus, come in and clean it out. And I want to follow your plan for my life today. I'm tired of being miserable. I want to enjoy today. I want to live in peace and enjoy today. And Lord, I acknowledge that you are my provider. Men and women, if you are still believing that your check is your supplier, you're going to be worried. You could go to work tomorrow and they say, oh, you're fired. It could happen. We don't don't have your position anymore. But when you move your trust from your job to God, you have peace. So then it doesn't matter. I'm not trusting my salary. I'm trusting my Savior. Lord, you promised you would provide everything I need. And you don't have to worry. Today, I want to take the steps to build my faith and let go of my fears. Lord Jesus, please take control of my life. Can you pray that prayer with me? Lord Jesus, please take control of my life. Now, I prayed that prayer today, and I meant it. How many of you prayed it with me? Can I see your hand? All around the room. Did you meant it. Yes, yes, all around the room. Yes, I meant it. And, and back down. Heavenly Father, You see our hands and you know our hearts. Today, it is your will. It is your will to wash away our worries and to fill us up with peace. Not only with peace, to fill us up with joy that we would enjoy today, that we would begin smiling again and say, Father, this is your day and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, thank you for every man or woman that said this is going to be the last time I worry about going to hell. I'm not going to worry about that anymore. I'm going to take God at his word. Father, thank you for those that are moving out of fear into faith, out of worry, and into peace. In Jesus' wonderful name we prayed. Everybody say it.